Good evening. This is Matt Mosley with Big Pig Energy on the Arkansas Sports Network. Coming back to you live, talking about some Razorback sports. We've got with us tonight, as usual, Ben Devine from down in Little Rock. We've got Dennis Metters, the Encyclopedia of Baseball. And joining us special tonight with from KNWA, Miss Alyssa Orange. Alyssa, thank you for joining us tonight. Yeah, honored to be here with you guys. It'll be fun. We're going to dive right into some softball action. You know, the ladies walked in this week after a clean sweep of the Woo Pig Classic, uh, pushed the record out to 19-3, and three, uh, hosted UCA from down in Conway on a one-game event up at Bogle Park uh, on Monday night. Uh, didn't expect this to turn into a pitcher's duel, but that's exactly what happened. Uh, despite an excellent outing for Shanice Dells, kind of the all-world pitcher for the Razorbacks, the Hawks couldn't scrap together enough runs late. Uh, fell two to one to Central Arkansas. Uh, Dells tossed her fifth complete game of the season Monday night, recorded her third double-digit strikeout game with 10, uh, retired her first 13 batters she faced before giving up a walk in the fifth and held the Bears to two runs on four hits and seven innings of work. Uh, and the Hogs out-hit UCA five to four. Uh, before we move on into that, you know, Dennis, I was watching this, and I'm seeing something with this softball team that we saw with baseball early last year seeing kind of that trend of we're getting guys on base, but we're not getting enough hits to move them around. We're, we're going for the big, the big slam or the big fly instead of trying to get the ball in play. I mean, from, from you know, baseball and softball are, are different, but in the mind of a hitter, like what are we looking for over the next couple of weeks? Because, it, it, you know, we're going to get into it in a minute with Texas A&M with the series this weekend. We saw some more of it. It reared its ugly head on the Saturday and Sunday games. Man, it's situational hitting. Uh, you get the runners in scoring position. You're you want to go up there looking for a pitch. You know you can drive into a gap or or, or line somewhere for a base hit. Uh, and it goes back to I'm not a big fan of the the three true outcomes. Mm -hmm. uh, but a, there's a lot of the modern baseball that's prescribing to that. And when you get those runners in scoring position, do what you got to do to drive them in. You don't have to have a home run, mm -hmm. a, a double to the gap, a, a home a single down the line. Uh, so just find a pitch you can put somewhere and put it in play. Make make the defense earn mm -hmm. earn earn your out. So well, and, and you know that that brings in that's one of the reasons I've really like enjoyed the last couple of years with with Coach Dyfel and his team is it seems like they're constantly putting the ball in play. It's really fast. Baseball, it, the ball moves around a little slower. Softball, man, you got to be on your stuff because the bases are so close together, the fences are shorter. Um, stuff that in baseball, if you hit it into a gap like that, you're going to get a double, maybe a triple, get an error, you may score. Softball, you're going to get a single, and you better be hustling to get that single because if you don't, you're going to get thrown out. Um, you know, Reagan Johnson kept her heart streak at the plate alive Monday night. Uh, she led the Hogs to the plate going two for four with a stolen base and scored the only run for the Hogs. Uh, she's got a multi-hit game in 10 of her first 23 collegiate games. It's hard to, hard to think that Reagan Johnson's just a freshman, Alyssa. I mean, yeah. being that young on that stage with this kind of a team, it's got to be a challenge. Yeah, that and, and Lauren Kamenzen, who, who had a really good game in their final game against Texas A&M. But I think that we still have to remember that they've got a lot of young pieces mm -hmm. who are taking that step from playing high school ball and are now playing college ball. And so um, consistency is going to be a thing that they're going to have to understand. And I think we saw that offensively at the end of this Texas A&M series that I'm sure we'll dive into that that hitting struggled and it and it and it struggled when it was needed against UCA and that's no 
disrespect to UCA because quite frankly, Arkansas owed them a game. Really. They have Mm -hmm. always played Arkansas so closely and so well, either if it's up here or if it's in Conway Uh, and, and they were due truly. They, they are a talented bunch. LSU had trouble with them earlier in Mm -hmm. the season too. So I don't want to sit here and say, Oh, Arkansas beat themselves because I want to give UCA credit for sure. But um, they're still going to have to find things offensively to get things going. Um, and, and Shanice, we saw her struggle today against Texas A&M. So, so where is Shanice right now with you, with the fact that you have Callie Turner and you've got Robin Heron in there? Um, does, you know, sometimes you love having that depth, that pitcher, but then with the softball team, it's a little different or it's a lot different than baseball where you need all of those guys in the bullpen with Arkansas. This is a, or with softball, this is a, a sport where, you know, you can have one pitcher pitch the whole entire season if they wanted to Mm -hmm. and have success. And so what's that dynamic like now that you've got three, you can rotate in really consistently. Is that having an effect on maybe Shanice's consistency? So um, they got a lot to figure out, but the freshmen will come around. I'm not Mm -hmm. worried. It's early. Um, I think there are a little more red flags. Courtney Dyfels focused on in that A&M game than the, the UCA game. Uh, mm-hmm. But they, they got to get it together because they're about to turn around and go on the road all week next week. And that includes and in the week with uh, Montana Fouts, who I heard, I'm like, how is she still in college and uh, Alabama? So, yeah, you know, we're going to get into the Alabama series because I'm, I'm going to try to catch uh, catch a game down there this weekend. Um, Reagan Kramer, Lauren Camps and Casey Hoffman each had a hit, a hit Monday night. Ryan Hedgecock drove in the lone run on sack fly to left at the bottom of the first. Hawks couldn't do anything after that. Um, they opened up SEC play Friday night against uh, against rival Texas A&M up at Bogle. Uh, they scored early and often that first game, the home opener, uh, won eight to nothing in a run rule outing. Uh, it was the fifth straight SEC opening win. The, the the cool thing about this, and I didn't know this until I was looking through the notes, uh, Friday's game was the first time Arkansas had played an SEC at Bogle since fourteen to open the season, and then they walked in. That's the first time we won a game. Uh, opening SEC game at Bogle in a long, long time. Um, and, it, you know, we won the last three contests against the Aggies dating back to last year. You know, Shanice came out. Friday looked dominant, was on cruise control, had a three-hit shutout, uh, tossed a five-inning shutout, struck out four, uh, posted two separate one, two, three frames during that five-inning game and worked herself out of a bases loaded jam in the fifth to seal the win. Uh, the offense was on display again Friday night. You know, three home runs. I mean, it's kind of kind of becoming a regular theme with with Courtney Dyfel's teams. They're going to hit the ball. I mean, they're going to hit it far. Um, three home runs Friday night. Played it five out of their eight runs in the first inning. Uh, tied their season high in the game, and then scored four in a five. Scored four over five. Um, played Friday night. Callie Haverson went two for two with two RBIs and a home run in the first. Lauren Camson tied her career high with two hits and two RBIs. Uh, Hedgecock hit her 11th home run of the season, a two-run shot in the first. Christina Foreman homered that night with a two-run shot in the first. Hannah Gamble and Reagan Kramer each had a hit. And then, you know, Saturday was like somebody flipped a coin, and it was a completely different softball team. They did not look the same. They were booting the ball around. They had uncharacteristic errors on defense. Just didn't look like the same team Saturday. Uh, the Aggies got their first win against the Hogs since since early last year and a uh, first game coming out at College Station. Uh, took the game 2-0 to even the series. Uh, you know, the game was scoreless till a and played in a pair of runs in the fourth and fifth innings. 
you know, Robin Heron, and, and, and we talked about Robin on the podcast a couple of times this season already. She had to give up a run in 24 and two-thirds worth of work. Um, held the Aggie scoreless through the first three and two-thirds uh, before A&M Homer to take a 1-0 lead. Heron tacked on five strikeouts in that, in that two, three and two-thirds uh, time on time in the circle. Uh, Callie Turner came into circle relief through an inning and two-thirds, surrendered one. Uh, on four hits and, and struck out one. And then Hannah Camsen came in through the last inning and two-thirds of relief and didn't allow, allow a run or a hit while striking out one. I think that's huge for a freshman from, from Valley, Nebraska, from the middle of nowhere to come in on an SEC stage on a Saturday afternoon and pitch, and, you know, pitch an inning and a third or two-thirds and not allow a run and a hit and a losing effort. Uh, she entered a game with one out, bases loaded, and forced a one-two-three double play to escape the inning. Uh, the offense again. I mean, they were hitting the ball. Reagan Johnson, Christian Foreman, Casey Hoffman. They all had hits. And Gamble got on twice. She got hit twice Saturday. Uh, and Johnson's recorded at least one hit in eleven of her last twelve games. I mean, Reagan Johnson. Like I, I'm quickly becoming a huge fan of that young lady. It seems like she came in and was immediately like she was dialed in. I mean, the only really bad game I saw her play was against Florida State. She was chasing some stuff up in the zone, got struck out a couple of times, but I've been real impressed with the way she's played. Uh, and then today, you know, Sundays, uh, you know, you look for, you think, man, Shanice Dels is coming out. You're going to, you got a chance to, to close the series out, win a series. She pitched two and two thirds, allowed seven hits and got six earned runs and struck out one facing 14 batters. Did not look like Shanice Dells today. No. No, no, she didn't. And and it's just one of those things where, you know, you don't want to dissect it too much because look like yeah. you just have a bad day and you move mm -hmm. on and you have a better day tomorrow or against UNLV, against Alabama, mm -hmm. whenever we see her. But um, it is that consistency that it's kind of like, OK, what do we get from her in the future? And then in three weeks, are we looking back and saying, is this? the point where maybe we were the inconsistencies really started and Shanice didn't have a great final game against AM or in a couple of weeks is is no one's talking about this because Arkansas hasn't lost a game since. And so I think that's the most important thing. Um Hannah Camson came on, faced three batters in relief, allowed two hits, walked one, got an earned run and a very, very brief appearance. Uh Robin Heron would come on to finish out work last two innings of relief work today. She allowed four hits. Two earned runs, walking one, and striking out uh, three, facing 11 Aggies. You know, Nikki McGaffin pitched a third of an inning, didn't allow any hits, no runs, and faced a, a one batter at the end of the game today. Um, you know, Robin Heron is the one that, you know, I've been watching her, and she's looked really, really dominant. But it seemed like this weekend, Texas A&M kind of figured out the secret sauce with her a little bit. Uh, and I want to see, because they're going to Wichita on Tuesday, and then they turn around on a short trip. Friday and Saturday, Sunday, Monday, they're playing in Tuscaloosa against one of the best softball teams in the country uh, in Alabama. Uh, and I, I think it's going to come down. If if things hold chalk, I think it's going to come down between us and Alabama and the SEC. That's just my feeling that, you know, Montana, we, we know what Alabama's got. Montana Fouts is going to go down there. They're probably going to throw her two out of three of the days. You've got to be able to do some things offensively, but the defense has got to stand up too. Um. The Hogs offense wasn't a stranger to the base pass today. Uh, seven hits, played in one, struck out seven times, stranded eight base runners in a shortened game. Uh, Lauren Camson got the, the lone run scored, uh, pushed it across with two for two for the day. Again, 
uh, the freshman. Now, that's the thing that people keep, you know, we're going to keep talking about this throughout the season. This team, and I was looking at the roster, there's 10 freshmen and seven of them are contributing. So it's 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 a youth movement that, that Coach Stoffel's got going through this program, and it's going to set us up long-term. If these kids stay around the program long-term, I think they're going to be really good. Um, Reagan Kramer went two for three Sunday. Uh, the Aggies out hit the Hogs today, thirteen to seven. Scored five runs all in the third. Um, again, we were talking. The Hogs are traveling to Wichita to take on Wichita State Tuesday night. Uh, you find that game live at six o'clock on ESPN Plus. Uh, and then they travel on short rest um, Friday down to Tuscaloosa to take on number seven Alabama, who I figure will probably be in the top five uh, based on the weekend's results. Uh, they'll be a top five team uh, starting Saturday. Uh, at 4.30 uh, from Tuscaloosa. So looking forward to seeing what the ladies are able to do. I'm, I'm going to do my best to be in attendance down there Saturday. Uh, it's a 60-minute ride for me, so we're going to try to make the trip Saturday afternoon and go watch them play. Um, let's move into baseball. I, I'm really excited about what happened this weekend and last week. I know Dennis was fortunate enough to be there for, for Military Appreciation Day. On Tuesday, you know, the Hogs brought Army in. Um, you know, the Hogs are three and one all time against U.S. Service Academies. You know, walking into that game, now they're four and one. But it didn't start off great, Dennis. I mean, Army jumped on them quick. Kind of, kind of the, you know, we stumbled a little bit out of the gate, but, you know, Kendall Diggs hit a go ahead three run home run in the bottom of the eighth to lift the Hogs past the team from Army in a seven to five come behind victory. Uh, offense blasted three home runs, including a three-run bomb uh, in Tuesday's win. You know, the big fly has has, has started to kind of show itself, Dennis. Uh, tell yeah, us a little and, bit about and, what you're seeing with Borofin and, and, and with Jacob Wagner. Jay is seeing a beach ball floating up there to the plate every at-bat. Uh, he's leading the team in average, OPS, slugging percentage, mm-hmm. uh, on-base percentage. Uh, so he's seeing the ball well. Uh, of course, J-Rod Wagner uh, is an RBI machine. Uh, every time he steps to the plate, you're just waiting for another RBI. Uh, the Army game, I thought their starting pitcher did a really good job of keeping batters off balance. Uh, I figured once we got into Army's bullpen, that had changed, and, and sure enough, it did. Uh, that's a team that's got a preseason All-American at third base. Uh, mm-hmm. They're picked to win their their picked to win the Patriot League. Uh, the preseason Patriot Player of the Year was, is their catcher. So, quality ball club. And, and just like last weekend with Wright, Wright State, they're picked to win their league, the Horizon. Uh, mm-hmm. La Tech is one of the favorites to pit, to win their league. So, it, it wasn't like Arkansas was just playing a, a bunch of cellar-dwelling ball clubs. It, it's been a tough week. And they've come at it really well. I think today made it eight straight that they've won. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peyton Stovall's bat's heating up. Uh, mm-hmm. So so that's one you really like to see. Kendall Diggs. Yep. Uh, the offense is clicking. Uh, you, you look at the hits and walks versus strikeouts. This team isn't striking out a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going up there. They're being selective with their with their with what they're swinging at, and they're putting the ball in play. Uh, forcing other teams to play good defense. So I really like what we're seeing from the offense. I think they're way ahead of what preseason prognostications had them doing. There was a lot of questions around the offense coming into the season. 
I think a lot of those have been answered. Yeah, I mean, Army jumped out to a 4 0 lead the first five innings, but Wagner, you know, Wagner, Wagner, how are you going to say his name? I, I still say Wagner. I'm sold on Wagner. I know it's Wagner, but uh, I've been saying it like that all year. Uh, he started to come back at a six with a three run bomb that he just drilled right off the center of the batter's eye. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm leaning. If he keeps playing the way he's playing, if he doesn't get at least a consideration for the Golden Spikes, I'm going to riot like something's going to burn. Because <laughs> the dude is the dude is killing it, and we, you know, Dennis, we talked yeah. about this. Ben, chime in here if you want to, buddy. You know, Wagner, Wagner coming or Wagner coming from Crichton, from Creighton, Creighton plays at Schwab. <laughs> Wagner coming from Crichton, from Crichton, Creighton. I, I get it all. Yeah, Omaha, he, okay, he's coming from Omaha, Nebraska. Or Wagner coming from Creighton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> potato, so he's coming, potato. He's coming from he's coming from Omaha, Nebraska, playing at Schwab every home game. <laughs> And we all know what the alleys are like up there. I mean, it's a big ball yeah. field. It's set up more like a major league park. Uh, he's used to hitting in that big park. You get him in bomb, and he's just absolutely smoking the ball. I mean, hes I think he's another one. It's, he's seeing the ball the size of a bowling ball, and he's just drilling it every chance he gets. Um, quickly becoming a huge fan of him. I wish we had him for two years instead of one. Uh, Jace, you know, came to the plate later on with two outs and slapped a solo, solo shot in the right field bullpen. I think the dude is trying to see how many he can ping off the new building <laughs> because it's, it's beginning to, it's getting to be a thing. Like I know, I think you told me during the fall, he hit one over the building into the parking lot. Um, you know, I th- I, I'll be honest with you. I think him and, and Brady Slavens at some point in the season are going to be having bets on who can hit somebody yeah. in the Mackey's landing. Like he's going to try <laughs> to drill some little old white lady sitting up there with a sign going, you know, we but, we need someone to take that and like put just little like bullets. We need a, like we need a bullseye. Bullseyes around and see right. how many hit I, I, that, I, I, or they're I'm, just all seeing who can hit Dave's office at the end first. That sounds like the perfect thing for Pig Trail Nation to put on the wall <laughs> with a big bullseye and give away like a, a sack oh, of peanuts here we go. or something. Every every week you're gonna get a performance center update, and we're just gonna ping. We're just gonna you, keep you a could, marker I, you and could just use, ping them. You could use Mike Irwin's face and just slap it on the wall and say, "If you hit Mike Irwin's face, oh you God. get a free, you get a free, you get a free." You I am, know, I am going to, I'm going to email Oliver right now and see where we can get Mike Irwin's face on that building. That's got to happen. That's got. I'm going to be honest with you that when I come up in a couple of weeks, I'm going to get a fat head for Mike and I'm going to stand up there with it just like this. Uh, Army retook the lead in the top of the seventh. The Black Knights had a had a five four lead going to the bottom of the eighth when Diggs came up with a two men on and one out. Uh, the Hogs the Hogs DH hammered the first pitch over the wall in center field, driving in uh, Borfin and uh, Brady Slavens put the Hogs up seven five. Uh, Diggs and Wagner finished the game with three RBIs apiece, and Wagner went two for four. Um, guy that I was really tickled to see uh, get some get some some valuable innings, Parker Cole. Uh, stuck coil, coil, coal. I don't know how you say it because I say I say oil. Some people say Earl. Um, so started the game for the Razorbacks, went three and three and two thirds, allowed six hits, three earned runs, allowed one walk, uh, struck out three on 60 pitches. Uh, Austin Ledbetter, I know Ben knows that guy, uh, came on in relief two and a third innings, allowed three hits, one earned, struck out one. And then this is the guy that I'm really excited what I'm seeing from yeah. him. Dylan, Dylan freaking Carter, man. Let's what about go. that I know, kid? I know Dylan too. Let's go. Uh, he came on, closed out the game in the sixth, 
uh, to close out the game, the six pitched three innings, allowed three, one earned, one walked, one uh, struck out, one. I want to see his strikeout numbers, Dennis. I want to see him dial his strikeouts, be a little more crafty with the baseball. But he's credited with the win. It's the second career start as a Razorback. Um, you know, I, I'm really, I really like what I'm seeing out of Dylan Carter. I mean, with the injuries, you know, we lost Wiggins. Now Tiger's out probably until sometime mid-April. I'm, th- I'm saying Tennessee. I've heard maybe before the Tennessee series, but if it's me, if I'm DVH, I ain't pitching him till Tennessee. Um, and I might throw him for an inning in a midweek game, but I'm saving him for large work at Tennessee because we're going to need him against Tennessee in, in, in on the yeah. 15th of April. But <laughs> Dylan Carter has really looked good. Yes. Yeah, and he he's not fishing free passes. He's got three walks mm. versus ten strikeouts. So mm-hmm. he's making the batter earn what they get. Uh, he's controlling the strike zone. Uh, he's working his pitch, pitch mixes really well. So him and another, and we'll get into another one here here shortly, I'm sure. Uh, he, he's bringing what he needs to with Brady, Brady out of the out of the rotation at the mm-hmm. present time. This is only going to be beneficial when the season gets deeper into closer to postseason mm-hmm. and everything yeah. like that. Like. There's so much silver lining in all of this, too. I, I oh, agree yeah. with you, Alyssa. I think, you know, the wear and tear on, on Tiger's arm, if he gets time to lay up, get healthy, you bring him in mid-April, get into May. He's, I mean, you think about it, he's got probably 30, 35 less innings on him between then and now. Yeah. So that's that's just going to add him to being fresher when we go into the run, going into the postseason, going into Hoover. Uh, some people hate Hoover. I love Hoover. Going into Hoover and then going into the regional super regionals and then Omaha. Um, Friday, man, this is a series I've had circled since the since the schedule came out. Um, the boys from Ruston, Louisiana, came to Fayetteville. Uh, La Tech came to play three game series this weekend. You know, Friday the Hawks bats got hot again, uh, attacked the Bulldogs eleven hits, drawing nine walks, uh, and Friday seven four win. Jace again. I mean, what can you say? The dude finished with two hits. Uh, Friday night, including a home run, two RBI. So far this season, he, as of Friday, he was at a 462 average, uh, four home runs, 12 RBIs, and showing extreme patience at the plate, leading the team with 10 walks. He's not getting himself. He's getting he's getting behind in counts, but he's not getting himself struck out. And that's I think that's the huge yeah. thing. Because last year we saw guys who get behind in counts, you know, and I ain't, ain't picking on Brady, but Brady get behind in counts early. And then he'd get that loop and swing, get struck out on something he shouldn't have swung at because he was having to having to choke up a little bit and kind of defend. Uh, you're not seeing that with, with, with Jace. And, you know, the one thing that I heard about him, you know, coming in last year from folks of Oklahoma was like, oh, he strikes out too much. He does this. He does that. I ain't seeing that, man. Dennis, I'm not seeing it. I'm yeah. seeing a kid that's patient, that's that's waiting on the pitch that he wants. And, and when he gets it, he's driving it. Uh, and I didn't realize it until I looked at it earlier today. He he actually has eleven strikeouts, eleven walks. Yeah. Uh, and he, well, that's second on the, the team behind Caleb Kelly. Yeah. 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 But you but you uh, don't notice it. You know he's what I got mean? A, he's got a one point oh nine strikeout to walk ratio. Mm-hmm. That is that's I mean, nuts. It's nuts. I mean, that's a, that's a five seventy eight. So yeah. six times I mean, did, damn near six did, times out of ten, he's on base. Dennis yeah. keeps tagging golden spikes on Jace. I'm tagging golden spikes on <laughs> Wagner. We might have two guys battling for it this year. Uh, I, I liked it when Jace came in from Oklahoma. And, of course, mm-hmm. he was injured most of last season. Yep. 
he finally got healthy towards the end of the season. And then I saw what he did in, up in the up in the Cape last summer. He really turned it on. And then this past fall, he really started to shine. And it continued on into early season workouts. And, man, since the season opened, he's letting it fly. Mm-hmm. And I love it for Jace. This, this is one of my favorite stats in baseball in general is your OPS, which is your on-base percentage and your slugging. He's got an OPS of 1.406. That is the highest on the team. It's also, I think it's 30th. I think I've looked, it's 30th nationally in college baseball, which there's a lot of high OPSs early in the year for some of these teams. So it's pretty impressive to have a plus 1,000 OPS this early. Well, it's, it, as of today's game, after the game, it bumped up to 1.411. That's nuts. So, that is I mean, insane. he's. And, and Wegner's is right behind him at one point two eight one. So, I mean, we got four guys whose OPS is over over a thousand. So that's crazy. Um, Parker Rowland hit a two run shot of his own Friday. Uh, yeah, Friday night uh, gave the Hogs a four run lead in the bottom of the second. Hagen Smith, man, what can you say about the lefty dude? He's cruising. Uh, first four innings didn't allow a hit until the fifth when LaTeX scored a pair of runs on two outs to cut the lead. Uh, Smith ended up getting out of it, pitched five innings, allowed four hits, picked up a couple of earned runs, which I think were his first on the season. Uh, walked four guys, which is a little uncharacteristic of what he's been doing this year. Uh, but he also struck out seven on 86 pitches, got the win, improved his record to 3-0. and Right now, he's sitting at a 140 ERA with 28 Ks, over 19 and a third innings of work, and a walk to a whip of 129. And I mean, a batting average against. Uh, batting 167. average against 167. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's if, if I'm Ole Miss, Alabama, any of the rest of them, I, I don't want to face that dude uh, on a Friday night. Um, Cody Adcock threw one inning of relief Friday, struck out two, and allowed two runs on three hits and a walk. You know, we'll talk about Cody some more in a minute. Um, Dylan Carter, I keep saying his name. He came into the game with two on and none out in the top of the seventh, retired the first three batters he faced. Uh, through the final three innings, allowed one hit, striking out two, facing nine batters on 35 pitches. Saturday was Big Mac Day at Bomb Walker mm. Stadium. Yes, sir. I know, yes. I know Benny was happy to see it. I was too. Dennis was Very there. Happy. He had that secret uh, sauce going on that day. Man, he did. <laughs> he did. I think he I think he had a tube of Thousand Island dressing he was rubbing on the ball. I don't know. Oh when he he was when he's getting to the point, like I remember this, like when I was a freshman, and I was a freshman at Bryant, and he was, I mean, he's only one year older than me, but he had this like really big ego that came out sometimes when he got pretty cocky in practice and when he was throwing good. And like he showed it, I think it was in a battle on Saturday. He struck out a dude, he just waved through him to go to the dugout. Like that's the well I remember. <laughs> yep. He uh he threw a three eight a three hit one earned run six strikeout complete game, uh first complete game for a Razorback since 2017 when Casey Murphy pitched against Florida in the 2017 SEC tournament. I was at that game. Uh, Mac didn't allow an earned run uh the whole day and gave up three signals on six Ks. Didn't walk anybody until the ninth inning. I mean that's huge because the hey. couple games before TCU he was he was struggling. <laughs> Um, first Razorback with a three-hit game since Ryan Stanick had a nine-inning complete game against South Kakalaki in 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brady Slavens opened up scoring with an RBI double, put first, uh, put the ho- double in the first, put the Hogs up one nothing. 
Uh, Kendall Diggs and Peyton Holton hit back-to-back jacks in the bottom of the second to give the Hogs a 3-0 lead. The home runs kept coming in the fourth. Jace let off the inning with a solo shot to the bullpen again. I'm still saying we got to have that Mike, man Eric, Mike Irwin sign. Uh, mama, mama, um, there goes that man. It was his fourth home run in four games since fifth of the season. Uh, Peyton Stovall moved to the lead uh, a little further with an RBI double in the bottom of the fifth. Also added a triple on the day. Stovall went three for four and was a home run shy hitting the cycle. So, you know, last year we saw uh, Dylan Leach hit the cycle. It was the first time in what, like, 10 years, 11 years we'd have Razorback hit the cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, no, nah, more hit no, the cycle. Yeah, more hit it. Mm-hmm. Was it more hit it the year before? Okay. Yeah. For some reason, I was thinking it was longer Bobby. than that, but maybe I was. And asleep. Bobby. Bobby was the first one to hit one since, I think, 74. That's probably what I was thinking about. Um, Wagner got his team-leading 23rd RBI in the win Saturday. Um, Sunday's game, the Hogs came in wanting to sweep today. Dennis, I know you were there. Uh, La Tech beat them 15-6, to the second series sweep of the season. Uh, we're starting that, that that rolling that motor up again. I don't want to get false hope into Razorback fans, but it's nice to be able to sweep a team that is a quality of a La Tech. Yeah, I mean, it's, that team's going to be in the regional somewhere. They're a good baseball team, you know. And shout out to my, all my old Miss friends that are that are listening. Uh, we didn't need a thunderstorm to beat these guys. We beat them legit in three games. <laughs> yeah, and, and you also you also have to remember too. Sorry that this is the La Tech team that Arkansas needed a home run by Jalen Battles a couple of years ago in Rusted. Like they are yeah. a quality baseball team. They're Very going to be a postseason team. baseball team, and so it's kind of almost like. Don't think it's just La Tech. They are very, very talented. They're good. Um, oh, yeah. and, uh, Go ahead, Dennis. Today, Hunter, he had that bumpy second inning. Mm-hmm. But after that, after he, I think he hit three batters, walked a couple batters. He, after that, he locked down, and he retired 11 straight. Yep. And he, when they pulled him, I think, after five, he still had more in the tank. I think they pulled him. He was only at 60-something pitches. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he could could have probably got it into the seventh, mm-hmm. uh, but I do like, and we talked about it in, spa- in Twitter space last night. I-, I was hoping we had the opportunity today to see some of those arms out of the bullpen that we haven't gotten to see a whole lot. And a couple of them that I mentioned last night, we got to see on the mound today in Gage Wood and Christian Fouch. Yeah. Uh, Jared Wagner and Kendall Diggs and the same names keep popping up, hit two home runs each. <laughs> um, while uh, or hit two run home runs each, while the Hogs poured on offense in the third, Wagner's team leading seventh home run. Dix Blast was a second in as oh many my. games as six of the season. Um, oh, and then the next home run, yeah, I ain't there yet. <laughs> five consecutive five consecutive <laughs> walks resulted in three more runs before Blake Brady Slavens uh, drove home two more runs to single the center. Uh, the nine-run third gave Hunter Holland all the support he needed uh, to finish another. Again, we were talking about a while ago, finish a strong outing for the for the young man from Texas and San Jack. Uh, really, I, I'm a Hunter Holland fan. I'm sold on that kid. I really am. Uh, threw five innings of two-hit ball, out three runs, one earned. Uh, struck out seven. I season high seven Bulldogs today. Uh, his record's three and zero. Loaded his ERA to two uh, 2.18 over two twenty and two thirds innings. Uh, his whip. Is one twenty eight. His ERA is at two thirty, and his batting average against is at two forty six. Twenty one uh, Ks and only six walks. It's not bad. Yeah, he's killing it. Uh, freshman relief pitchers and Gage Wood from Batesville. 
Christian Fouch. I know Dennis has been talking Fouch up. Uh, Wood struck out three of four batters face while Fouch uh, logged a strikeout and a scoreless inning of work. Uh, Hogs are back at bomb on Tuesday and Wednesday. Welcome to the Rebels from UNLV. Uh, I believe both those games. Let me double check the schedule. I believe they're both on SEC Network Plus. You missed uh, a home run there today, didn't you, Matt? I probably did, but <laughs> I, I, I get. I, I love the kid, but I, I, it's all the name. That's the whole name I keep saying. I mean, it's it's it, you know. That uh, was an absolute rocket. He did. Oh, he killed it. He killed it. He killed it. No doubt. He killed it. Um, so shout out Jace. I don't want to leave him out making field bags. I'm sure he's going to listen to this later. Um, Razorbacks are back at bomb Tuesday and Wednesday for a midweek series with, with UNLV. Both those games are going to be on SEC Network Plus. Uh, Tuesday night at 6, Wednesday at 3. I hate those 3 o'clock games in the middle of the week. I really I do. do. I can't, I can't watch crowds, the first hour and a half. The crowds, are t- the crowds are not what they need to be. I really don't like those 3 o'clock. So I get why they're doing it, but I don't like it. Um and then Saturday, it kills me because of my work schedule. It does. And then Saturday, yeah. it's St. Patrick's Day Cap Day on the 17th on Friday. Shout that Scott, out the, the, only the, spe- the only special edition Razorback hat I do not have, I will add to my collection Friday evening. You, if they've shout got a, if they've got a seven, seven, eights or an eight, buy me one. I'll Venmo you the money. Shout, um, shout out St. Patrick's Day. And also, if you get any of the baseball card packs on Saturday, I want one. Um so I miss I miss being in college on St. Patrick's Day. They were it was so up. much fun. It was so much fun. The, the Irish the Irish car bombs and the green beer and yeah I'm not even you, you, you get up you get up and you get yourself banded at the bar at like eight thirty <laughs> go to class then go back and then go back. That was a long yep. time ago, kids. Love uh, yeah, yeah, your youngins ain't old enough to hear about all that yet. Um, hey. oh, sorry, so, I my ears. So, so, so Friday, Saturday, Sunday, first home series, SEC opener, Auburn Tigers coming to town. Let it be known, Auburn lost their 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 uh, their series this weekend uh, down on the plains. So they're going to be that's going to be an interesting series for the Razorbacks to start out. Hey, I still uh, think they're play. I still think they're underrated. I think they are a little bit too. I mean, I watched a little bit of Auburn ball. I got some friends that are, of course, they're Auburn homers, and all they're talking about right now is basketball. We're going to get him some basketball here in a minute. Hey, quick, uh, uh, going back to Will McIntyre. Uh, yeah. He, he threw a complete game in 97 pitches. Yeah. That's, I, I could, Perhaps. I could, I could barely, I, in college, I could barely get through five innings without throwing like 100 pitches. So that's only that's what, like nine impressive. pitches off of, off of a Maddox? Didn't Maddox yeah, get like 89 yeah. pitches? He did like 80 yeah. something. Yeah. Something uh, ridiculous. And, and, and also on Will, at the stadium, it looked pretty impressive what he was doing. I came home yesterday afternoon, yesterday evening, after everybody else had gone to bed, I turned the game back on, I rewatched the game. Mm-hmm. And it was watching where, I mean, every pitch, Huddy's glove never moved. Uh, he, was hit, he was hitting his spot on every pitch. Didn't matter what it was, fastball, slider, curve, didn't matter. He was hitting his spots, and that was yeah. so impressive. When, uh, when pitch to contact guys are uh, doing good, and their their pitches are going well, like that's what happens. Like, I mean, they get at innings in like nine pitches, and they're getting ground balls, fly balls, easily because 
I mean, I that was me and like pitching. Like I was a ground ball guy, and I didn't want to get deep in count because I didn't have a nine mile an hour fastball to blow by somebody. So he and him hitting spots like that and just getting ahead on batters and putting them in a hole is it's good for him and it's big for them because they needed him to pitch like this. So and and really there was only one. There was only one LaTeX batter that made good contact, and that was on that yeah. amazing play that Holt made it third. Mm-hmm. What was it, the seventh inning? Yeah, uh, Greenwood. Yeah, yeah and, and I thought it was cool that Mac stood on the mound and waited for Holt to come across the field back mm-hmm. towards the dugout to shake his hand, pat him on the back, and thank him for making that defensive play in that spot. That so, play was gross, dude. That was insane. Uh, that, that was awesome. And touching mm-hmm. – on today a little bit more on Gage. Gage was really his fastball. He was sitting 93 to 95 on his fastball and working it really well against right-handers and then mixing in his breaking pitch. Lefties, he faced two, I think there were two left, one lefty. He fed him nothing but straight fastballs, just pumping Mm -hmm. it in there. The third batter to me that he, that he faced was the most impressive. That third strike at that last out, he got him behind the count on two straight fastballs. And then finished him off with, I mean, one of the most wicked curves I've seen Gage throw, mm-hmm. and it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, he, I'm not going to tell you how many innings he's thrown, but he struck out 50% of the batters that he faced. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Christian, I got to see Christian early, earlier this year, and I was really impressed with him. And I thought he looked really good today. He was working his fastball and then mixing in a slider uh, really effectively. Uh, I'm hoping – was it Tuesday and Wednesday, the midweek games, UNLV? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd really like to see Zach get on the mound. We need Zach he needs to find well, his stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. he, needs, he just needs it for confidence. Like, I don't even – at this point, I don't – I'm not looking forward to him throwing in conference games just, like, to be effective. He just needs, like, some sort of confidence because he has none. Right yeah, which is really too. interesting because he pitched so well when McIntyre didn't at, mm-hmm. against TCU. And it was like, yeah. there's the Zach Morris that we're going to get this year. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where it went. So I'd love to see uh, him come back. I I think, well, that goes with Dylan Carter. I mean, both his last two outings have been three inning outings, which that's what Zach was doing. Like Zach was going three innings, four innings in the game, which was helping the bullpen a ton. So if they can get both of guys, both of those guys going, that's they're going to be. I, I really uh, think. Awesome. Yeah. Well, and that's I that's really the depth that. that DVH alluded to preseason that some yeah. people wanted to throw back into his face six game mm-hmm. games in, and it was like yeah. he said depth. He didn't say you know that depth has yeah. got to do something, but it's there, right? It hasn't been necessarily there in the past. It, it's definitely there. <laughs> And I think we're going to need Zach, that left-handed arm, out of the bullpen yeah. for down-the-road success. So I really want to see Zach get his stuff back and, and see some other guys Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, ben Bybee, I'm sure he may start another game. Uh, Cooper Dossett. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you say it Dossett or is it Dossett? I say it Dossett. I, I, I may be wrong. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see Fitzy get some more work on the mound. Uh, that's another lefty out of the bullpen that's got a yeah. really funky arm angle. Yeah. Uh, that's really against left-handers. It's really difficult for them to pick it up. So, 
hopefully get to see some guys put some work in Tuesday and Wednesday before we go into SEC play uh, next weekend. So moving into basketball, <laughs> I mean, we got we got a little bit of basketball. We haven't really talked a lot of basketball this year. Uh, mainly because I get so infuriated with this basketball team. Um, went to the SEC tournament this week. Uh, beat Auburn on Thursday night, 76-73. Had a big lead at halftime. We always kind of came off a little bit. Auburn got back in and had a shot to win it at the end. Hogs hold on 76-73. Uh, go play Big Bad A&M. Have another lead. Lose the lead, end up losing 67-61 to, uh, to Texas a who ended up playing Alabama today and getting absolutely housed by the Crimson Tide uh, in Nashville. Uh, selection show was this afternoon. Eric Musselman and his young team is going to be heading to Des Moines, Iowa, to face off against Illinois in that 8-9 seed matchup uh, Thursday afternoon at 3.30 on TBS. Uh, the Hogs are 0-5 against Illinois. Um, we're one and one as an eight seed versus a nine seed in the NCAA tournament. We lost to Bucknell in 06. Remember that one all too well. Uh, and beat Seton Hall in 17. Um, we've got an 0 and 5 record against Illinois at all times. And it's the most games the Hogs have played against a team without a win in the history of the program. Um, you know, listen, I, I, I've said this a lot. I feel like this team is bipolar because, I think. The, yeah, <laughs> I, I just, I get, you know, I, I I look at it on paper, and I said this before the season. I felt like Coach Musselman had the most talent we've had probably in the last thirty years. I mean, going by all the way back to Nolan, like the ninety to ninety five, like that group of talent is like that's the the creme de la creme of talent for Razorback basketball outside of the triplets. But he's got all this talent, but we're running seven guys against against A and M, and you know their legs are falling off. I I, I just don't. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I, maybe I'm an old head or, old, that, you know, Ben calls me an old head all the time. So <laughs> I also, yeah. And I think a lot of that just has to do with the, with, with Musselman and his philosophy. That's mm-hmm. always been the way that he's done things in Nevada when he got here. And so that was one of the big questions that we had going into the season was we got all this talent. He has no track record of playing it all. So where mm-hmm. does that come from? And we got to see a little bit, like he had little bitty spurts where he was starting to play some guys. And then it was, and then it kind of dissipated again, where we're only going to play these seven guys. I'm not even going to look at Kamani Johnson or Jalen Graham on the bench. And, and you get to points in some games where you're like, why not? I don't know if I can say the word hell on your podcast. But oh, yeah, why you the hell not? Say what, you want. what are you get? What are you going to do? At, you just terrible, lost a third. You place. just lost a thirteen point. Um, that's that TV filter of mine that I got to be careful with. I turn it off. <laughs> uh, can't say those words. FCC gonna come after me. So, um, <laughs> but it's like, why? Why the heck not? Like you just lost yeah. a thirteen point lead. Like, try anything. I'm not a coach. I get it. I get to sit behind a microphone and say these things, but that's how I felt, which I think a lot of Razorback fans felt that way. Mm -hmm. And so this is going to be the toughest road with, without doubt that Arkansas and Eric Musselman have been in since he's been here. Mm -hmm. So you get through Illinois. If they do, you're looking at Kansas who is beatable. Texas just proved that in the big, in the big 12 tournament. Um, Mm -hmm. But are you going to be able to do it? Because 13-point leads at halftime don't last anymore. Mm-mm. Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, 
But I think you make a really good point with being tired. And you got to recognize that. Well, I mean, uh, you look at look at the Auburn game. I mean, Makai played 30 minutes. That's a lot of minutes for a big man. Uh, 35 minutes for AB. AB's playing on a bum wheel. Everybody knows he's been dragging a leg around so for the last he also had a boot. Games. He also had a boot on today at yeah, the selection that. show. Well, he rolled his ankle yesterday. Or Saturday. No, I know. I'm just Friday. I'm just yeah. telling you. Yeah. He had a boot on today. Uh, it's probably 30, protective, but just yeah. you never know. 37 minutes for Devo. You go back to the game before that, you got four or five guys going over 30 minutes. I mean, you got all this talent. You know, at some point, the legs are going to just go dead and going to roll off. I mean, um, I think that goes back to the first year we made the Elite Eight. Moses' mm. legs were dead. Like, by yes. the end of – in the Baylor game, he's struggling to even get the ball to the rim. It's like mm-hmm. his legs are just dying on him. Can't, mm-hmm. can't expect guys to play 35, 40 minutes for an entire season and then be the same. I think, I think, I think another word, I think another word there is fr- freshman. Yeah. Right? Like fr- freshman. Yeah. A freshman wall. <laughs> so, well, like, let me, let you got to be protective you against it, that. It, it's, just, it's just like baseball. Freshman in baseball hit a wall towards – look at Hagen Smith last year. Yeah. He hit a wall towards the end of the season, had to take <laughs> a couple weeks off, then came back strong in the postseason. Basketball, football is not any different. In fact, it, it's more physical, so it may be even worse on them. Their their bodies are, are worn out by the end of the season. And even if those other guys only play two or three minutes – a Dunning, a Pinion, a Jalen Graham, get two or three minutes each per game, that takes some of the pressure and some of the wear and tear off those other guys, and their legs are a little bit fresher. Well, I, I, I would, would challenge I would challenge the youth question and the legs question to this ain't 20 years ago. These kids, if you go look at the amount of ball these kids play throughout the year in high school, the guys that play AAU at a high level, and they go out and play the Elite 11 in Vegas and Atlanta and D.C. and all these different places. These guys are playing 150, 200 games of basketball, not counting their high school season. A lot. So I'm I, I'm kind of like, I get the minute load is high. I get that. But I just, I can't, you know, some people are saying, well, they're making mistakes because they're youth and this, that, and the other. That doesn't jive anymore. You know, yeah, I mean, but, there's a reason so teams you, don't so win a national championship. Go ahead. I'm sorry. So just to, just to counter that, just a little – only because, and and this is going to come maybe as my inexperience on on travel basketball, but you're playing kids your same age, mm-hmm. not 22-year-old men in the paint. It's going to beat you up a little bit, a little bit more. I'm not saying there's a huge gap, but yeah. maybe that physicality level is slightly different when yeah. you're going up against a giant old Oscar Shibway or what have you. Well, that, that, that's the, old, that, that's the uh, only point that I would make. Yeah, Oscar Shibway is an absolute... You know, thug. Um, what I saw him do to the player from Vandy uh, Saturday, and they oh, only gave him an F one. If I'm Vandy fans, I'm going to Birmingham and lighting a building on fire because that was an F two all day. He did it in Fayetteville the week before. Should have got Twice. an F two in Fayetteville, uh, and and they let him off the hook with an F one. And I get it; he's Player of the Year from last year. He's plays for Kentucky, but at some point, fair is fair, and right is right, and wrong is wrong, and that was wrong. Um, we'll go around the horn real quick. Illinois game. What you got? Who you picking? Starting with Benny. Arkansas. Easy. Dennis. <laughs> oh, I knew you you were yeah. picking. I shouldn't even ask you. 
<laughs> I'm going to take Arkansas in that first round game. Alyssa? Arkansas. I love you guys, but I got to go with the Illini. And the reason I say that is I, I, I just don't trust this team to to I, I just don't have any faith that they're gonna show up and and do what they did last year. I think they're missing something. I, I think this roster is missing that one guy, that Justin Smith, that Jalen Tate, that Stanley Amude, that one dude. Because and I, and I wanna I wanna bring this like bring this out. Like I want to talk about this real quick. Like you watch when Musselman gets really, really high on the sideline, the team starts getting jittery and they start making mistakes. They play too fast. He gets low, the pace of the game slows down to a crawl. Like I never see like just that flat line. I call it the Bobby Bowden. Bobby Bowden never got too high, never got too low. Gene Stallings is that way. He never got too high, he never got too low. Nick Saban's that way. He never gets too high, he never gets too low. He's just kind of flat. Now he gets upset sometimes, and we all make fun of him and laugh at him when he gets upset. He throws his throws his headset and throws a fit. But for the most part, it's just really, really, you know, like the really, really strong guys, like the guys I the guys I follow, the guys that I study. It seems like these guys, their teams follow what the coaches do, especially in basketball. If the coach is getting out of control, the coach is acting a little bit, the team's going to kind of trail off that way. And and that's kind of the thing that I've seen with this team this year. And I think it's the youth. I mean, that's the only excuse I would say you can lay on youth is I think they're feeding off of what the coaching staff is doing from that perspective on the sideline. I'd love to hear y'all's take on that. I mean, it's just my observation. But Well, in a way, I think Ricky Council came out and said that in an interview not a couple of weeks ago. Maybe. Uh, so so you, you, you could be right on that one. Uh, with that said, that's when I think a guy like Amani Johnson that's got that experience – Mm-hmm. Needs to step. Of course, he's got to be on the floor to do it. Yeah, he's he's got to play. He didn't step on the floor a single minute versus A and M. But but I think he's that guy that's got to provide that leadership and that and that veteran experience. Uh, but he's got to be on the floor. So it, that that it, was one of my. I was so confused because he played so good. Come on, he did against Auburn, and he was. Mm. I mean, he's a physical guy that gets in there and just does all the greedy stuff for you. And you're playing a team like AM who lives off of being mm-hmm. greedy, offensive rebounds, and he didn't even touch the floor. Mm-hmm. I just, I did not. I, never mind. I don't understand. I, I guess the only defense, and I heard somebody say it the last time we played AM, they pretty much owned Monty and he had a bad game. Mm-hmm. But still, I mean, that, that's. He's got to be on the floor. Yeah, you know, they, they Howard botted him pretty good down at Kyle Station a couple of weeks ago. I mean, Kamani was getting shoved around. He didn't stay in long. I think he played maybe three minutes that game. Um, kind of a kind of a Twitter hot take. Shout out to our buddy Gus Fantastico, Paul Schweinbaum. Uh, <laughs> you know, he said he says Kansas. Let's worry about Illinois first. Seems like Hog Twitter is all talking about Kansas. Yeah, uh, there's an old saying: for want of the nail, the horseshoe was lost; for want of the horseshoe, the steed was lost; for want of a want of the steed, the message was not delivered; for want of the undelivered message, the war was lost. Shout out to Gus for the poetry, the poetry oh. kicking in there. That that was pretty deep <laughs> on Gus's part. I'm proud of the boy. Uh, he's a supporter of the program, friend of ours. He uh, he likes to start a lot of arguments on Twitter. Uh, specifically, just don't listen to him on food. 
So specifically with that Melissa Lemon lady, I, I don't know what the hell's up with her, but she wants to interject herself and stuff she needs to stay away from, but it's all good. Uh, I heard she's a real nice lady. She is a nice lady. She just, you know, wrong about, you know, walk-offs <laughs> and things like that. But we're not going to get into that tonight. Um, not a walk-off. We, we ain't got the time for the argument that's going to expel with that one. We'll save that one for next time. Uh, shout out to Razorback Track and Field, man. The men and the ladies, the men and the women's indoor track and field won another national title, NCAA national championship on Saturday. Uh, the men won their 21st national title in indoor track. The women won their fourth uh, national title and broke the women's world record in the 4 by 400 relay by, I'm going to try to read this right, 0. 0.0152, which is, I think, like, I don't know. I'm not good. I'm not good with math of a second. <laughs> um, it's the track one, programs. Yep. Yeah. It's like one, 100,000 uh, something. Yeah. But, tenths. Yeah. I'm not, I had, I, mean, I, had, I, had, I had a little whiskey. It was whiskey faster coffee, than the last enough time. To say that. It counts. Yeah. Uh, beat, beat a team from Russia to break the record, which is freaking awesome for a college Ooh, program. Let's, let's uh, I also want to say that they also turned around because they it was a very quick turnaround from the 400 mm -hmm. to the four by four and so britain had just got done kicking nass in the 400 and then came around and anchored that it was incredible yeah it was awesome. and it was exciting it was exciting because the women's championship came down to that four by 100 between us and texas so mm -hmm. that even made it better yep. yeah we beat texas out horns down awesome. uh so track programs 48th and 49th national title uh, hashtag we are a track school that's ridiculous uh, that that title is a fact town. yeah we are we are track title town we got kids from all over the world come to run track for the university of arkansas it's a great yeah. legacy started by coach mcdonald uh great program um you know tickled to to see them succeed uh quick shout out um co-host of ours he's not on with us tonight blake sanders lives down in austin uh he plays in the atx gfl it is a uh, Austin, Texas, gay flag football league. Uh, his team, the Alien Superstars, are three and zero. So shout out to Blake and his team. I just want to give him a shout out. Love my guy Blake. He's one of my good buddies. He's my brother. Promised him I'd give him a shout out. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm That's proud cool. of him, man. He's. I, I got on him about his video today. He posted the video online and. And he was breaking on the ball, and I was like, dude, shoulders over knees. you got to yeah. see the ball, be the ball. You can't just go in there standing straight up. If you're going to break on a pass, man, you got to – it's a football coach. Him, he starts coming out. I start throwing stuff at him like, dude, come on, man. I get it. you got to go after and get the football. Um, shout out to Danny. Danny's out sick this week. I hope to have her back next, next episode. But appreciate you guys being with us tonight, Dennis. Ben, as always, Alyssa, I know it's short notice, but I appreciate you being a part of the group tonight. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you. It means a lot to me and the group. We really appreciate I've got, you. I've being got a some wine waiting for me at home. So very much. Tell Sawyer, that. tell tell Sawyer we appreciate him loaning you to it, loaning loaning to us tonight. I know it's a little late. So guys, thank you again for joining us. This is Big Pig Energy on the Arkansas Sports Network. We'll join you next time. We'll be back in episode in two more weeks. Uh, get you caught up on what's going on, Razorback softball, Razorback baseball, and probably going to start talking a little spring football this week. I'm going to be putting some content out about spring football here in the next couple of days, so be looking forward to that. Uh, check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, 
Also check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. This has been Matt Mosley with Big Pig Energy and the Arkansas Sports Network. Have a great evening. This is Matt Mosley with Big Pig Energy on the Arkansas Sports Network. I want to give a shout out to our sponsors, Mid-Delta Land Management out of Lake Village, Arkansas. They serve the entire state of Arkansas with specific land management strategies targeted to get the best value out of your property and increase your annual income return and produce premium land appreciation. Call our partners at Mid-Delta Land Management today at 870-737-2217 today to schedule an appointment.